Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm Brian Wayne, and once again, I have another segment of trade negotiations for you. If you're not familiar with trade negotiations are, you're a new listener. Essentially, I go through and I discuss a uh, random volume of a trade book, uh, hence trade negotiations, and uh, it's usually by request of someone else, and a while back, somebody requested Chew to me, and I could not be more grateful that they requested Chew. Because I'm enjoying this book very much. I have covered everything up until Volume 7 at this point. And here we are with Volume 7. But before I dive into this book, I guess I should give a brief synopsis of Chew. Uh, I guess it doesn't really make sense for any new listeners to dive in here. I have covered everything up until this point, so go back and listen to all that stuff first. But essentially what Chew is, is it's not your typical superhero story by any means. This is what indie comics are all about. Follows a detective who has this cybopathic ability. Cybopathic meaning that he could taste something and know all of its origin and history. He works for the FDA as a detective, and uh, lately his twin sister was just murdered by this fucker. So, that's a brief rundown. A very, very, very brief rundown of essentially what the story is about. So, let's get on with chapter one, shall we? Starts out at the funeral of Tony's sister. And really what's going on here is everybody's more pissed than sad. They, they're they perfectly fine. They actually seek out Tony, all of members of the family. And there's some, I mean, they, we get some new introductions, and they're all very brief. They probably don't mean anything as far as the new characters go. They're just showing that there's, we get a nine-panel spread of everybody in their own way telling Tony, you're the most capable one when it comes to getting revenge. And you should do that. And you've got all of the means to do so, so go do that. And uh, right on uh, at the end of the funeral, actually, we see Applebee. Remember Applebee, that asshole, the old boss, the FDA dude? He shows up and gives both Tony and Colby their badges back and reinstates them. And it's off to work immediately. Colby's trying to, you know, talk to Tony and say, Look, man, you want to talk about this? This is some deep shit. And Tony says, no, work, let's go. Let's go to fucking work. So they do, and the first place they go to is some uh, gym. And there's just a bunch of people that are just burned up, spontaneously combusted. And it all links to something called a Thinergy Super Soda. So that would explain why there's an abundance of people at a gym that are all exploded. Because, you know, trying to get thin and fit and all that. Over a series of punches and detectivizing, 
through Tony, he eventually brings it all down to the the, the source of this, uh, who's producing this Thinergy energy drink, especially when they find out that the only people that are, it's not everybody that's drinking it and that's exploding. It's only the people that have chicken in their system. Now, keep in mind the, you know, the importance of chicken to the story. It is, it's still illegal, but it's not being enforced on account of all the space stuff. The government had to transfer their funds to NASA, not so much the FDA, and blah de blah de blah Well, there's still some extremists out there, and one of these extremist groups is the Church of Divinity of Immaculate Ova. They're chicken worshippers, anybody that fucks with chickens, they gon' die. And that's why they created this Thinergy Super Soda to uh, fuck all these people up. And essentially, that's what it's introducing in the, the, the first chapter. There is an abundance of... <laughs> there's so many different people fucking up and dying and exploding and all that. And we meet... Uh, we, we don't necessarily get the full introduction, but we get a cameo introduction of the high priestess of this Church of Immaculate Ova. D church of Divinity of Immaculate Ova. That's fun to say. So, she's a uh, death to the chicken eaters, man. That's, that's really just chapter one. Uh, what it's breaking down here is Tony's on a mission. He's he's not necessarily dwelling on the death of his sister. More focused on getting back to work. Like he gets reinstated from being a meter mate again, back to being top dog FDA, and it doesn't. He's just giving my fucking badge. Let's get on with it. Pretty dope. It kind of reminds me of the issue fifty-seven of Tom King's Batman. When he just goes after KG Beast and without a word just beats the shit out of him. Just on with the... Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Let's go into Chapter 2. Chapter 2. It's really uh, the U.S. days in the showdown at a chicken joint. And, you know, chicken joints are up and running whether they're illegal or not, like I said. Well, the Church of Immaculate, blah, 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 blah. They're fucking shit up. They're not mad. You know, they're doing their thing. No, no, hail it, death chicken eaters. And, no, nah, let's fuck up a chicken restaurant. The USDA's in charge of this. And then the FDA gets brought in. And with that, we get Tony. And, uh, uh we get this, uh, the, the, the name of the restaurant is, what is it? Uh, Mondo Paliza? I don't know. I just I found that valuable to say. <laughs> So, uh, what it's coming down to is the, the high priestess of this church, which her name is Sister Alani Adobo. She sends off this feller who has this uh, new food ability called a Torta Esperdo. Espadero. <laughs> Torto Espadero. Essentially, what that power is, is he has the ability to take a tortilla and make it make it into a very sharp object. So we get these surikens flying at uh, the cops. Tony realizes what it is. He goes, oh, I got this. To keep in mind uh, how all the baseball players that he was eating a couple volumes back, well, he now has all of their baseball and abilities because the cyberpath is much deeper than we anticipated based off of the, what we've been reading. So he, t he just give me a grenade, is what he says. Just one grenade, that's all I need. Well, what about a rocket launcher? It's much more accurate. Give me a fucking grenade, just one grenade. So he throws that one grenade, and it it's able to detonate with such accuracy that only the bad guys in the building get hit with shrapnel, and all of the good guys, the, all of the hostages, go unscathed. <coughs> so, <coughs> excuse me, that's uh, 
It just goes to show he's he's fucking badass, man. And he's he's on a mission. He's he's all about work. He's trying to get his mind off of all of the bullshit. There's uh, and then once again it traces over to uh, uh, he he knows how to get to this what's her face sister Alani Adoba the high priestess and that's the mission at this point. Let's go after her. And uh, as as he goes off and he does his thing, Kobe turns the corner and uh, he he goes off to have lunch with Valenzano. Like, oh, let's go grab a fucking bite to eat. And they go to the remember the underground chicken joint from the very first pages of this story. Well, they go down there and they got D Bear serving them chicken, and that's awkward much because D Bear and Kobe have a weird fucking relationship. And uh, through, uh, eventually, throughout the meal, it, it connects. I don't remember exactly what it is that connects, but something connects with Colby and realizes that Valenzano is still working with Savoy. And fight much? So he fights the shit out of him. He, he doesn't like. He doesn't appreciate the fact that he, he ate his partner's ear, Savoy, and he beat the fuck out of Colby as well. So. He goes after Valenzano. You're a fucking goddamn two-time backstabbing lily livered, you know. And then eventually, after a whole bunch of punches and broken eye sockets between both sides, Valenzano is able to convince Colby that it is in his best interest that Mason Savoy does work behind the scenes with us. We got some, we got some shit that the FDA can't necessarily know, but you sure as shit can't tell Tony because he ain't going to be understanding. I don't I I barely expect you to be understanding talking to Colby. I can't imagine that she's going to be understanding at all. So, essentially he Colby uh, agrees. You know what? All right, I'll go along with it. Let's see what the fuck you got going on. And then the end of the book is actually Tony starting to redevelop a relationship with his daughter Olive again. So, digging that. And, of course, Olive has been training behind the scenes with Savoy, uh, becoming a super cybopath. Um, <laughs> there's so much all twisting around in a... Like, a, all of the characters are working in a Game of Thrones type of manner. You know, and they're way over here, but at the same time, it's still tied to this. And, ah, I, I love it. I... There's a reason I'm still talking about this book. I could have stopped volumes ago if I didn't like it. I'm still doing it. Let's move on to chapter three, huh? So in chapter three, it starts out reigniting the relationship between Colby and Appleby because we know that they banged and whatnot, and I'm pretty sure that has a good uh, hefty weight to how Chu and Colby got back into said FDA. Well, in the the last issue, we had a moment that I I guess I kind of glazed over. We had a moment where Tony tells Appleby what the fuck's up. Because we know that the relationship between the two has been very one-sided. Appleby has just done nothing but bully Tony. Well, Tony, you know, he's, he's fed up at this point. Appleby comes in doing his thing with his stinky armpits. And Tony just says, fuck off, you stupid motherfucker. You ain't shit. Bitch, and the the that's where this issue actually kicks in. <laughs> He's on the couch sobbing. Appleby is on the couch sobbing towards Kobe, saying he was mean to me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I I 
I'm not sure exactly what this means. I mean, we get about three pages of this, but uh, uh, into that before we, we we also get Kobe's ex-lover from the USDA, Mambaha, uh, Pina. Well, that old bitch comes in too, and you two time and blah 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 blah, and she decks the fuck out of Kobe, and then and then. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't, you would think there's, they just kind of leave it at that, actually. They they explain the conclusion to all that later on throughout this volume, but, mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I, uh, I'm giggling. So, let's get on with it. We got Valenzano and Savoy. Savoy's undercover, as always, and he's, uh, he's explaining that Tony's off, uh, back at Yamapulu, and... Well, Yamapulo is the origin of the the Galsberry fruit, the, one, the the fruit that tastes identical to chicken, that supposedly the entire island was destroyed, and blah de blah de blah Well, because the island was thought to be destroyed, it has now turned into a training ground for the Church of Immaculate Ova, or just the Immaculate Ova cult, as I will probably now refer to it from here on out. So, in order to get there... Tony goes in with the Navy, and he infiltrates, and the, the target is this uh, uh, Oscar Chalaza, and he is the second-in-command, uh, the, the fucking high priestess's right hand. Well, before they can get to him, they, they need to make sure they take out his bodyguard, and his bodyguard... <laughs> He, he's a cyber... Oh, let me try this. Cybo Envalescor. And essentially what that is, is the more he eats, the stronger he gets. It's kind of like Hulk getting angry, only with food. But he's unlike any Cybo Envalescor. Cybo Envalescor. Uh, he could eat just like a little bit and get super fucking strong. Way quicker, way faster, and a much more dramatic way than any other one of his kind out there. So... They gotta, they gotta take him out in his sleep first, and from there it's no problem to get to Sir Oscar Shalaza. Well, they fuck up. They they infiltrate the island or the the island. But before they get in there, it's explained to Tony. He gets this weird, mysterious box, and everybody's just assuming it's Pollo Loco in it, or El Pollo, Pollo Loco, <laughs> El Pollo in there. And yeah, this is the this is the only. Only if shit gets really fucking bad, open this box. Box. That's what box that is. <laughs> and uh, everyone, you know, they know. As long as they have that box, they're good. So they go in. They fuck up immediately. Instead of they, they thought they took out the bodyguard first, but they took out Chalazo first, and now the bodyguard's awake. And he's about to fuck shit up. Well, they go to open the box, and as it turns out, there was really nothing in the box at all. And they, before they revealed there's nothing in the box, it was all just a kind of a mind game or whatever. Um, how I'm, I'm not totally sure, but the fact is we see we see Poyle out doing his thing elsewhere, fighting. Oh God damn it! It's something a uh, Pengthulu. It's a penguin Cthulhu. <laughs> I know. I fucking love this book so goddamn much. But, uh, yeah, oh, the bodyguard's name, by the way, is uh, Dominic Partridge. So, essentially, eventually, 
Tony beats the shit out of Dominic as well. He takes a good old bite, and then he realizes that he knows the whereabouts of the vampire motherfucker. You know, the guy that's been going around collecting all these f fucking subi f uh, foodie cybos and what, what have yous. So, that's useful information, right? Well, you can see that he's off getting ready to do his own fucking thing. Mm, he does in Chapter 4. So, let's get on with it. It starts out with uh, Colby and Savoy working together because we know that, you know, so, uh, Colby's been convinced that maybe Savoy's not so bad after all by Valenzano. And their mission is to protect and or take out Senator David, what is it? Eccles. Before the vampire collector can. Well, what's his superpower? Or cybo power, you might ask. Well, he's a bromaformature. God, these words are so hard to say. And essentially, he is what he eats. <laughs> so if he takes a bite of a hamburger, he's got a big old hamburger head. And that's the first form we see him in. So fucking goofy. Well, and that it's not just that. He's also... I mean, it would be one thing for... Really, that power would be completely useless <laughs> to this collector. Really, what it comes down to is he wants to know the things that the senator knows. So, he's a double target. So, secure the target is what it comes down to. What better way to do that is to have him in custody for something. And being that he's a senator, or in politics, there's probably something naturally illegal going on they could book him for. Well, what they end up booking him for is they... they sneak their way in this room in this long colluded, uh, convoluted way and they see Senator Eccles on a bed with a chicken head and it's because he's eating chicken well, that's still illegal well, they got him there, right? well, meanwhile we get <laughs> Tony he's flying into Eastern Europe Fucking right into Castle de Collector de Vampiro. That's not his real name. And uh, he's having this meeting with them. They're having dinner. Tony's just sticking with an apple, but what are you going to do? There's a whole fucking pretty dope spread out there. And really what it comes down to uh, in, in a creepy uh, fucking way that this vampire dude talks. I, lo I love the way he goes about things. It's so fucking creepy. But he says, look, check it out. I'll spare you, Tony. I'll spare you. Just be my number two. You'll have all the powers I do. We'll share. You just gotta go out and collect for me. So what's it gonna be? And Tony, uh, well, he says no. And he says so by stabbing his butler in the fucking head with a knife. And he would think, well, fight, right? No, it wasn't really the vampire in present the whole time. It was just a hologram. And, yeah, you can imagine, right? What would have really happened if he was there? Well, vampire gets the message. Loud and fucking clear. And, uh, <laughs> you can imagine there's going to be some fuckery afoot in the next chapter, right? Let's move on to chapter five. Chapter five. It opens up with more Kobe and his lovers. He just banged both Pena and Applebee. And he looks, uh, petrified. And then we get this big twist where he wakes up thinking that, you know, it's, it's all gonna be good. 
you know, fucking, they're going to hate each other and back out, and he's just blown away by the fact that they decided it's okay to share. He's enough man for the both of them. Well, uh, he's, he's kind of stuck now, right? He's kind of stuck. Well, back at the office. Time to get to work. Tony, he's... Uh, he's got another case on his hands, and let's, there's a hostage situation at the pumpkin house. The pumpkin house is exactly what it sounds like. It's a giant house that's actually a pumpkin. How did it get to be that way? Well, we got another fucking food freak named Donald Barley, and his ability is a hordo magnetroph. He grows big food. He's a good farmer. Well... What it comes down to, well, why is there a hostage situation? Well, this fucking goddamn immaculate overcult comes in and says, I want some of your big seeds, Mr. Donald Bentley. And he says, you know what? Nah. And that's a problem. So, <laughs> you could, that's, yeah. Well, as he's, as Tony goes through doing what he does, takes out the situation, no problem. He takes a bite of the house, knows the blueprints, and goes in, fucks up this this cult. But we, he gets this message, this hologram message from the high priestess. And she says to him, check it out, Tony. You're on the wrong side here, man. We're actually, we're, we know things. We are in the best interest of the good of humanity. And eventually you will come to that conclusion as well. It's just a matter of time. And he, the you know, hologram goes away. And he's, whoa. And, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, this fucking. That's where that part ends. And then, meanwhile, after C Tony goes home, goes about his merry way, uh, Colby gets uh, with Savoy again, and Savoy's saying, "Well, fucking, I guess things didn't quite go as planned. I may have been misinformed about something." Blah blah blah. And Colby just snaps. He 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 just remembers all of the ways that Savoy fucked with him. Especially that ass whooping that laid down. So when Kobe has his back turned, fucking gun butt to the back of the head, and he beats the fucking shit out of him, handcuffs him, and takes him in. I mean, he is a fugitive, right? Uh, and Kobe's a hero. Fucking everybody's happy, especially Tony, because he walks in the door. Bam, bitches! I'm fucking happy. <laughs> and what's up, daughter? Hi, Olive. I know life's been weird and all, but I'm about to make things up with you. Hey, check this out. Have a fucking toe that's been in the freezer. <laughs> I know, that sounds weird, right? But really, that's what's going on. Because remember the toe that his, uh, her mama, Tony's ex-wife, gave to him way back? And it, it, it means something. Well, fucking, essentially, he's saying this is a token of love, and you should appreciate that, as weird as it is. And she opens up the box, and she's you know, reacts like one would being given a toe, even being a psychopath, and she's like, what? There's two toes. Two toes? Bum, bum, bum. I have no idea what the fuck that means. I'm sure we'll find out in volume eight, but, guys, 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 guys. Read you. I, I can't. <laughs> this, this story, this particular volume may have not been as mind-blowing as many other volumes have been. But it has been equally as fun. It really is just super fucking fun. And all of the funness... Not all of the funness. Funness? Is that a word? Uh, there, there's so many just laughable references hidden throughout the panels. And 
Uh, we, I mean, even there's a point in time, just anytime all of Sean pay attention to our shirts. I will say pay attention to the shirts he's wearing because they're usually pretty fucking dope. And I, I think there's a way to actually, there might be, a, this is a real company that's producing them and just being advertised throughout the book. But one of the shirts is a dope ass lion cat from Saga. So representing those image comics, Ugh, guys, read fucking chew. And that was volume eight, bad apples. I mean, sorry, volume seven. Bad Apples by John Lehman and Rob Guillory. Thank you for listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. You can also catch the video version on YouTube. And uh, you nerds, read responsibly. Cheers.